Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking on Charge. My name is Jonathan. And I am Ryan. This is Marco. And Marco wasn't with us uh, last episode. He had some things come up where he couldn't make it out. So if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the game. All right, guys. So I'm basically one of the captains for Team Meta Club. Uh, I got introduced to the game by Claudio, who also is the other co-captain of the team. I originally came from Yu-Gi-Oh! and when Claudio introduced me to Dragon Ball, I just really liked the simplicity of the game and also the interaction between, you know, both opponents. And I started around set two, and yeah, that's basically how I got into the game. Sounds good. You've been in it for a while then. Uh, right now we're on set 11, and we're about to go into the draft box, volume six. I think this is their last draft box, actually, and they're going to start moving away from that setup. But uh, we did just have a big reveal for the whole draft box. Uh, I know they did one for every color. And then uh, let's talk a little bit about which colors are stronger from draft box and which ones we feel didn't get as much help as it needed to. Uh, I'll open up to you, Ryan. Which one did you think really got benefit from here? Uh, well, in my opinion, the uh, color that got the most uh, beneficial support to me would be red. Uh, I've always been a huge fan of burn, no matter what game it was. Uh, but you lately have been pushing more towards burn, especially with uh, what was it, set seven, set eight, uh, with Bernhan. Yeah. Yeah, and then you had Yamcha come in, the new Yamcha from uh, set ten, set eleven, uh, where he helps out with burn a lot as well. And uh, now we're starting to see this. Um, uh, increase in burn, especially with the cards that are like, if your life, if your opponent's life is like five or more, burn a card. If they're three or more, burn a card. Uh, if they activated a f counter, burn a card. Um, I think red is probably the best color for this new draft box. That's getting a lot of support. Um, now for worst color, uh, in my opinion, um, I would probably have to say maybe uh, as much as I like black, black. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of, like, uh, conglomerancy or anything like that. Um, what I do like, what I don't like, though, as well, is yellow. <laughs> Just because of the fact that, uh, I've had a conversation with uh, Marco and Jonathan about it. Um, I don't like the fact that, um, they didn't give support to Bergamo, uh, the Apes, mm -hmm. or Metacooler. Uh, they gave it to, uh, Skillless Gohan, mm -hmm. which was, I know he's in the Slug movie, which is what they give the support to, Slug. But uh, I feel like they should have given it to another giant as well because the uh, apes are uh, my favorite archetype. If you tune into any of the uh, uh, live streams, uh, when I play any of my apes cards, uh, I go ballistic. I love apes. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Marco? Just, just to go off with uh, Ryan was saying, I think Red got a really good amount of support from this as well and probably is one of the stronger supports strictly because of how diverse they made the support so if you look at the cards that were revealed you basically have an option of burning your opponent regardless what life they are at so they have one where you can burn them at eight right off the bat they have one where there are six specifically or less like you can burn them they have one at five they even have one at four i believe so i just think with the different amount of options of burn that route that you can take, it makes burn leaders very optimal for that reason. So I can agree with Ryan, and plus Red got you know their own sense of being, you know, that's always nice to have a card that's like that. I can agree also with the black support. Uh, it's, we just basically, I think, got two SRs, which was a Toa Unison and a Demigra SR, which, by the way, Demigra SR is a phenomenal. But uh, besides all that, it's just, you know, a bunch of, like, commons and uncommons that 
I'm not going to say they're not going to make a massive change to the meta, but it just doesn't look as impactful as the other colors right now. And I can somewhat understand what he's saying about yellow. Even though I do think the yellow support is strong, it's, it's just a kind of weird how... You know, they released uh, Skillless Gohan in the last set, and instead of giving, like, Bergamo, which I thought was going to be support for Yellow, they give it to Skillless Gohan. But th the support is still good. I really like the support for Skillless Gohan. It's just kind of weird how it got played out. I like the green support for Harutagarn. It's really good. It's a chain that basically, no matter how it gets answered, it replaces itself. And that, that's always good. You're gaining value, even if your opponent puts the effort into removing your battle cards. It, um, the, the strong finishers, going back to yellow real quick, some of the strong finishers, like the six drop with no deflector barriers, just seems, just seems really iffy if you want to hard cast it. It seems really good in draft format, but in a constructive format, it's kind of questionable whether or not you want to run the card. And for blue, I think, well, blue got shafted for the one drops, you know, silver bullets, but I think blue definitely got some cards that can be utilized in, you know, today's meta. We'll just have to see how it plays out, but I think red got really good support for the diverse options of burning, and I think black got really shafted in draft box six. Just a little bit of a caveat for the yellow. Um, I do like Sales Gohan. I, uh, what was it? Uh, my teammates actually, because uh, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't really like the skillless uh, play style. I know there's a lot of kid coups and stuff like that, and I think it's a really good deck. But for me personally, I just don't like the skillless kind of uh, chain. But you know, I I really do like how Gohan plays actually, mm -hmm. especially with the uh, the uh, evolve uh, the free plays of the one drops and stuff like that. Uh, I think the support for it is actually really good. But I I do agree with Marco. I think it's a little bit too fast to give it the support that it that it, it uh, doesn't really need at the moment. Other decks really do need it though. That's fair. I do think there were some older archetypes that could have used the support instead. Uh, he has nailed it right in the head. Red got tremendous support, especially it getting, I don't want to say shafted, but it wasn't as strong with set 10, set 11. It got okay with the Broly package, but Draftbox is giving new life to Red without having to just play the one deck. Uh, Black, it's always been strong. It's kind of weird to see them mellow out here with just subpar support, but you know, one thing about Draftbox, it is meant for a draft format, mm -hmm. and we just tend to interpret it into the meta. Some cards translate well, some things are meant to just stay in draft format, but it's a unknown meta that we're walking into with Draftbox. Some cards we always say look good, and then we try to play them, and they're just terrible. Uh, an option is the King Vegeta that came out, I think... Draftbox 5 where it would negate all skills of cards. It saw play maybe once in the Piccolo Surge format and then it just hasn't been strong ever since. Nobody's really played it and everybody thought that was going to be a game changing card. Mm -hmm. So we see these cards, we see the potential in them but are they actually going to be impactful? Are they actually going to be optimized for the meta? Because we don't know what's coming set 12. We don't know how these cards are really going to interact yet until we start really playtesting through things. So we'll see how that goes, but this week we did have a very nice surprise with the campaign rares, the giant force rares. Uh, we had a player in the community actually who's not a content creator be able to reveal these cards and he's actually from Houston and we actually have him here with us to do an interview. Mr. Evan Glover. So, Evan, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Ryan, I'm going to go ahead and let you take over here with some questions. We wanted to kind of get your input on how things kind of went down. 
Uh, so, uh, me and Evan, um, when I first got back into the game and stuff like that, I just want to do a little history with Evan because I, uh, I hang out with him a lot. Uh, my first game back into the, uh, back into Dragon Ball was with Evan, and I didn't know about anything, and uh, he turned two victory strikes me. So that's a little backstory about Evan right there. But um, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, Evan, for the uh, people at home. Um, Evan Glover, or known as Evan U7, and I am part of Team Meta Club. And I've been playing Dragon Ball since set one. Uh, it started off with the demo decks they gave out. I was, it was hard to find. And I remember when set one came out, the distribution was slow because there was so many demands with the starter decks with Team Galactic. Well, no, no. I'm sorry. That's Pokemon. Galactic Battle set <laughs> one. <laughs> Galactic Battle set one. So I remember just falling in love with the game. And then the rest is history. So uh, uh, so from uh, what is it from like you know starting at the beginning of the game to now could mm-hmm. you have really seen like this amount of like popularity behind you as an individual right now oh no <laughs> no <laughs> I felt like people looked at me like who's this guy <laughs> he's just here playing cards <laughs> bless his heart he has imagination <laughs> we'll just see where he would go in life <laughs> with this game but nah to be honest no I, I nah I had no idea yeah uh, so, um, I think the, uh, biggest thing that, um, not a lot of people who, like, not a lot of people in the community really just only play DBS, which is a fair thing, but, uh, branching out as someone who's played majority card games, uh, with, like, Magic, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I've dabbled in Pokemon, uh, a little bit into, uh, Forcible and stuff like that. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, when it comes to, uh, card reveals and stuff like that, when it comes to like magic, they love their content creators, so right. they, they give the content creators the the big reveals. When it comes to Yu Gi Oh, they pretty much handle it. I only know like two cases where they give it to content creators. I think it was to Farfa and to uh, Team APS because those are both like yeah, yeah. very good content creators. So they gave those reveals to them. But for uh, us in the DBS community, um, you're pretty much the the unique individual out of everything because most most card games. Um, they just stick to content creators, but you as a person in the community, you've stuck out so much as like a positive force that Bandai actually approached you yeah. and gave you the opportunity to uh, reveal cards, which is a very unique and a very uh, endearing experience. So uh, let me know, or can I get the insight up for that one? Well, it was mostly people, people see you and Bandai took notice of it. It was more of a, I guess... The right place, right time. It was random for me. I was, you know, like I say, I just, I think, you know, people are watching you post. They, they watch your actions. So of course, you know, band, I do interact with the fans and stuff. So I, I was just running one morning and guy messaged me on Messenger. I was like, hey, this is, you know, I won't say his name, but this person, I'm from Bandai, and my heart stopped beeping fast. I'm like, whoa, whoa what? And I read it and. I, it was it was one of those things where you were just like nah, this this gotta be some type of troll or something and then come to find out like oh my gosh this this one of the five members there's only five people that make these cards yeah. and it was like whoa whoa this is crazy but um, yeah man I mean you know Bandai was just watching and they took notice of what you know what was going on through the community and stuff and I think that they you know took a took a leap of faith to see. If a player can do it, so it was definitely a humble, yeah, cool experience. It's definitely uh, good as well because it shows how 
Um, for, for me as a person who's played a lot of card games, I do love it when games get really involved with their community. Yeah, yeah. And for Bandai to actually reach out to uh, an individual who isn't a content creator or like one of their artists and stuff like that to an individual who's just extremely well known in the community and who's an extremely like goodly well known in the community that they reached out to you and gave you this opportunity it shows that bandai really does have an aforementioned attunement to not only its content creators but its community as well yeah so um i think the biggest thing for the uh the little giant force reveals i believe they're uh what is it giant force yeah players? giant force um that was crazy uh the the cards were very well received and stuff like that so yeah so tell me what you thought about the cards that they gave you the reveal as well i read i'm, I'm a red blue type so I read, I mean I read all of them, but uh, I thought it was unique. You know the you and I love how they take. Well, when I first read them, I read each one. I was like, man, this is these. They all are unique in their own way. The and I like how how red represents. You know, like the aggro. You mm -hmm. know, the pressure. So you know, you see when you look at the red draft cards, like the uh, the king pickle. Oh, was it the slug one? Say play three mono red. Battle cards, mm -hmm. remove six markers, like that amount of pressure. It reminded me of the um, the uh, the two drop trunks when you play a battle card, twenty of power less from your hand. Oh, the chain attack. So, yeah, chain attack trunks. So seeing that, but I mean, it was cool. I was excited to see that they were they were different unisons than the ones we have because I I feel like we don't get a lot of unisons in a sense, you know. And I think this like I think this is the first. These are the first unisons in this sense of, of being released that other unison cards usually don't get promoted. Cause remember, we had the starter decks mm -hmm. 10 uh, from set, yeah. Yeah, set, set 10. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was going to say expansion. Mm -hmm. The set 10 ones, and then you see the Gogeta. It was like, oh, man, this is hype. You see the go, the, uh, the tanks unison. You're like, oh, man, this is crazy. So to see the, the, the expansion of this in particular... It was definitely cool, but also it was definitely overwhelming because I was nervous. I didn't know how people was going to take it. I didn't know how people was going to take it with me releasing them. Yeah. Well, I, I think that band I did choose really well. Like, oh, thank uh, when you, it thank comes you. to the comedian and stuff like that, a lot of people, um, you know, for content creators in particular, you know, uh, only like sometimes they go to certain content creators, you know, back to back and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So, do you feel that same way? Like, uh, whenever they do, uh, what, like, set, let's say set 12. Or they do another uh, box, not to say a draft box, but like another draft box, like kind of, uh, kind of uh, content that they'll make. Do you feel like they'll approach you again for this kind of thing? Uh, it'll be cool. I mean, I, I know it was experience. I took it in like, okay, this is, this is like my week in a sense. Like the fact that Meta Club has been topping, and they have another team member, team member. You know, I mean, being the, the first nine YouTube content creator to do this. Uh, it was definitely experience, but I, I hope so. It'll be, it'll be pretty cool. I mean, it was the amount of energy within the the reaction of it was the week was crazy. Cause Monday it was I don't know how I was nervous. Like I really it wasn't like yeah man I'm get some clout can't wait to do this. No, it was like oh man I don't know how players are going. Like at first it went from oh man I can't wait to show these people these cars. I'm excited to oh my gosh like oh shoot today's the 26th. Oh, uh, wait, the, was it the first week? Of yeah, it takes the 26th. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's just see what happens. I'm just going to do my daily positive posts. Um, I hope people like it. So then I left my phone. I put my phone down. I didn't touch it for an hour. I did not want to look at it. I was like, I didn't want to be like, you know, because I, I told one of the admins, I was like, look, um, I, I told him that Destiny was a band. I want me to do this for him. 
And I said, look, I'm going to let you know. I'm going to post it. I'm going to post it at this time. So they was working with me. And they're like, all right, we got it. So I put my phone down and then left it on an hour later. Uh, my phone was, was hot. I forgot to put my phone on airplane mode. <laughs> but my phone was burning hot. And it was just like, uh, wow. Oh, wow. This is this is crazy. Yeah. You know, and it was like, oh, okay. So then... The blue colors, then the you know the green and yellow, but the it was just seeing the amount of people relying on you to post the next say like the four days was all hype. It was okay. What is he gonna post next? So every day there was always just you could feel that energy, man. It was yeah. man. I definitely do it again. I hope they call me back. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. It was so funny. Especially for like the Houston representation. I do hope they uh, they they do give it another opportunity because. Like I said, the, for all out of every card game, this right here yeah. is a unique experience that I don't oh, yeah. think any other card game has ever had yeah. before. And it's it really does um, show how much the community itself plays a massive part in this game. Yeah, my dad was like, told you, boy, I told you, God, I'm going to do something cool with you with the Dragon Ball, boy. I told you, boy. You didn't believe me, but I told you, son. I told you, son. See, because the thing was, I used to tell my dad, I said, Dad, you know, everything I ever prayed for, I wanted it to be in Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh realized, okay, it's hard to really play a part. So with DBS, I just wanted to have fun. I mean, I don't look at myself as on top tier. I don't. I usually don't even focus on that. I just, if you're a top player, you're a top player. That's that's you and that's your chapter. Mine's just, I'm going to have fun. If I top, I top. Oh, well, it is what it is. But it's the moments you got to create. So Exactly. So. I, 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 do, I do agree with that, especially for the us as a Houston. Yeah. Uh, we're... A lot of us are competitive, you know, the team medical they got meta in the name and stuff like that. You got Team Salt Boys, you got Rays, you got uh you got Team Lethal, Team Godstrike, and then Galactic Patrol. Um, you got all those teams, but together as a community, you know, we're a very friendly community. You know, yeah. we'll always joke and banter and stuff like that, but it just shows that like DBS, like no matter where you go, the community is just the biggest part of the game. Yeah, it's just you have to look at it as a <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm thinking about that whole Dragon Ball Super Cover game. <laughs> um, but you know, you have those those moments <laughs> where when people get competitive in this game, you have to ask yourself why. And I think because I'm a competitive player too, but I think you have people who just genuinely love the game itself, but they love Dragon Ball. So of course, I understand now why we can be competitive because we go out our way to get cards. I mean, you look at, what, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, you're going, hey, bitch, just save those cards for me, man. I'll buy them from you. Uh, or, yo, I'm selling these. I'm looking for these. It's a constant addiction. Then you go through the addiction of falling out your decks, you know, and you start to have, like, a little OCD. You have all 49 cards, or for 50 to 60. I want to buy going. Actually, you can expand to 60 now, but your whole deck would be full, and there's that one card that's, like, $95. <laughs> you're like, bruh. I got buy two of these, man. Like <laughs> just to fold it out. But yeah, but it's it's all love though. But uh, back to the, the giant force rays and yeah. things like that. Um, out of all the giant force rays, which one is the one that sticks out to you the most? The Lord, I like the Lord's log one. The, I'd wish it was multicolor, but it says mono red cards. <laughs> but I think that's one of my favorite ones. You get to play nineteen uh, KLS from your deck. I mean, you could play like free pants. You could play. Uh, you could play the uh, three-drop Goku that has an uh, energy cost of uh, four. It's from the GT from set three. You tap the red. Uh, you tap the one red. You put triple flash on top. Oh, the one that you yeah. Uh, so it's a three-drop. Then it becomes a five. Yeah, I think that was cool because they gave pain support. And then, I mean, 
the green. I'm not. Re- I've never been a green and yellow person, but the the blue one's really cool too. So Soul Striker got support as well. So I'm definitely looking forward to those. Oh, you talking about the uh, the eight radish. the eight ones and the, the, I like I, I love the the radish one. I think it's the radish one. My Bardock. But I don't want to sound racist, but all apes look the same. <laughs> but the radish, it says you, when you, the auto. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, people. Piccolo Junior Giants Force. Yeah. 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 I, knew, I, I knew it was either Slug or Piccolo Junior. I know that one of those two was the. Yeah. But they're both really good for modern. Yeah. And the radish one is cool. Like I said, I, I read the cards once and I just shared it. I didn't keep going back. But one of the apes said when, you, when a card attacks, you minus two markers and you negate the attack. That's like the first unison of yeah. its kind to remove a marker to negate an attack. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. So I was like, man, this is going to be crazy. I was going to say, too, I think the really cool thing um, and very powerful, too, that makes these unisons really unique is that one of the reasons why green has some of the strongest unison is the fact that the meager unison was able to set up their counterplay from turn one. Mm. And even though these unisons don't keep their counters like the way the Migra does by taking the life instead of losing counters, there's now a lot of one-drop unisons that get to two counters, and they can set up their counterplay starting turn one. Yellow has it, red has it, like, you know... Uh, green got another one drop unison that can go to two counters and I think that's going to make some of these unisons favorable compared to other unisons so realistically draft box 6 are presenting some of the most powerful unisons mm-hmm. that are going to be introduced into the game absolutely yeah. and uh, I, I think going off of the unison stuff like that um, the most unique thing about these unisons uh, this is the very first time in, uh, out of uh, uh, Dragon Ball Super the, the unisons right now are introducing uh, X costs yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we saw that in the uh, the unisons themselves, but uh, that's just to put the markers on them. But for um, X to actually matter uh, in, in the regards of doing an effect, like uh, we'll take the uh, the blue one, uh, the King Vegeta ape. Uh, that's actually my favorite one that you revealed uh, because it's uh, pay X to draw that many cards or put that many battle cards at the bottom of somebody's deck. Uh, that that to me is very powerful, especially in uh, blue, as we're seeing with blue Vegeta yeah. and uh, the return of SS3 reborn Goku. Because um, if they don't have anything to do with that mana, now you've got a big mana sink. So uh, what do you think about um, you introducing these this brand new mechanic right here, the X, uh, I'll call it like X. When I read it, it reminded me of, <clears throat> excuse me, it, when I read it, it reminded me of the multi, not the multi-color, the non-colorless in Pokemon. Mm-hmm. You have like the five energy and that's the colorless that you put in. Mm-hmm. So, so that's how I like that. I was like, oh, this is like a Pokemon card. Uh, I don't know what this X means, but I think I understand it now. But I think that was pretty cool how they added that. And I like how they, see when I, the first one I sent it, I thought they had like a misprint. I'm like, why there's an X on this picture? It may be an incorrection. It may be a misprint, but I'm not going to say anything. So I left it. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to read this or calculate this. And I, I was like, I can't call you. I can't call Ryan. I can't call nobody. I'm getting trouble. All right, I'll just let it be. But I, that was the first day. But then I went back. I'm like, I like how they slipped that in there. Very like you know subliminally like very wrong word very subtly like they just kind of just slipped that in and then people started picking up on like there are X's on here so they they added new stuff and I like how they're they're making unisons well the Vegito Star deck with the uh, Gogeta unison I think that was a good hint that Bandai threw which I don't not saying y'all don't know this but that's something I realized over time was that when that Star deck came out and you were able to triple strike with your unison with the Vegeta leader from set 10 I think they were promoting 
unisense as another way to be a game finisher. Because sometimes people still rely on these secret rares or they still go to battle cards. But I think people literally sleep on unisense. And I think that that was the hint. So for them to up, update the unisense with the, the new draft stuff I released, I'm realizing now that Dirt Bandai, oh, in my opinion, I think Bandai is giving you more than just, you know, it was always the secret rares in the beginning. Then it was always, you know, the chomp of double strikes. But now that unisons are gaining more acknowledge, I think people are going to start to shift around their cars focusing on unisons and allow them be like the hit, the finishing um, finishing cards of uh, turns. And I do think that that is very true, especially when you look at the the beginning of the use You said not only the Vegito, but um, the Go Tanks and Vegix is yeah. a, a very uh, iconic finisher because double tag, dual, t- uh, dual strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got uh, Pilaf. Uh, now are starting to incorporate Jiren. And then, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Jiren. Forgive him a plus one to give him double strike, and That's then you actually have the peel-off effect to give him triple attack. So you don't even a triple attack, double strike, mm-hmm. unison that you can't really pop or move. Yeah. And then uh, now, like you said, we have, um, well, I believe it's uh, Demon King Piccolo is the uh, the giant force rare that um, it's uh, pay three or four red, and then X, and then you burn your opponent for that many lives. And um, if you get that off, you're pretty much going to, uh, out your opponent because even doing that for two lives is uh, a crazy about just to just be having able to tap that much and burn your opponent for that much. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a big. I think I over this year from Unison when Unison first came out, a lot of people I think slept on Unison as as for a very long time. But now that they're, I mean, Unison's are very powerful cards, and you look at a like you look at a fifteen k Unison, you could go or five k, you go oh I could take this out. But when you look at a 20k unit and you realize it's a threat. And I think that they're trying to imply that, okay, look, you have your leader, you have your life, but don't forget, these unisons can do damage too. And I think you have to look at it both sides, leader, unison, you know, so. Yeah. It's, uh, those, those cards are so broken. And I think <laughs> unisons are a very good way to bring a lot of decks that don't have a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. that, that were kind of uh, meta at first. Yeah. And then they just kind of shifted down. But now unisons are going to bring those uh, decks back to life. So for the giant force rares, uh, how do you think that they will hold up in tournament play uh, when they when they do come out? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> when well, it's kind of off topic, but it's not. So when Soul Striker reboot came out, uh, the Goku Rose, the, the three drop blocker, tap three awaken. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool thing. And then when the Baby Unison came out, same thing, three un- three energy. Uh, draw two, you could uh, use Reboot, uh, Goku to draw two cards. So with the new Unisons, I'm thinking like, you're going to be able to use older cards. Because I think that the Unisons are meant to support older cards. And I think that's what it's going to do. It's meant to support, like the like the Apes, the Bardock Apes Unisons are going to go into the Bardock deck. Yeah. So Bardock became such a... Everyone's been talking about, yo, we could play Bardock again. But I think the Unisons is going to give players who used to play inspiration and play older leaders yeah. in the game. So I I, I like the Bio Brawly Green you understand you could literally put that in a Brawly deck and now people are, people are realizing now that okay well we get to use leaders from set one into a set ten, set eleven and set twelve meta and still be able to apply those cards with the cards we play now. Which those unisons create more spices in the game itself. Because you don't know what players going to do to protect those unisons, and you don't know what turns they're going to be trying to, you know, come at you. Because yeah. unisons can lead. What I like about in this meta, how you could think 
a leader will lead you to victory and players will forget that a unison can do the exact same thing or players can make a unison like for example when you go against I play against my buddy Drake's uh, Brawley Surge tech. he runs the, the green uh, demigrad unison so in, in situations you have a demigrad and you have a Brawley Surge they both can do damage but demigrad has four four markers right you minus three you can KO a card I think 15 or less ignoring barrier so I want to ramble, but what I'm saying is that you have different routes though. But these cards here, in particular, I, I told my buddy, I'm like, you, you're gonna have to want to take these units out in order to take out your opponent, because if you if they survive that, they're gonna they're gonna do damage. Yeah, you. Yeah. And, and then I think uh, just a caveat off of that, um, mm -hmm. um, you're seeing a lot of uh, older decks come back. Like, oh, I love uh, that. Set one Broly. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's making his return finally. Uh, very powerful uh, card, very powerful leader. Mm -hmm. uh, and with these unisons, they're going to bring a lot of life to the tournament. And oh, stuff yeah. Like oh that. yeah. But uh, thank you very much, uh, Evan, for your time. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Evan U7. Yeah. As I like to call him, Uncle Invoker. Uncle Invoker. But thank you very much. Um, but uh, as we move on from uh, the giant rares, uh, we're talking about like uh, how they would proceed in the tournament and stuff like that. And uh, Evan did bring it up for uh, Meta Clubs weekend. And for us as well, uh, we do have uh, Medical's very own alley, back-to-back, uh, -back, uh, uh, top uh, top right there. So um, let's have uh, Ali introduce himself uh, as they shift over real quick. Um, hello, my name is Ali, and I'm the member of Team Meta Club, and I went undefeated in three of the past webcam tournaments. One being the first original qualifier, the finals event for the first round webcam event, and then the top cut um, qualifier for the December finals, and all three with Reboot Gohan. Okay. And what led you to Reboot Gohan? Um, so Reboot, first of all, it's a very accessible and cheap deck. Because before these webcam events were announced, I wasn't really sure what to play because I was originally like a big Janemba player, but Vegek kind of forced that out. For sure. Especially with like locals having like a decent amount of Vegek players. And so I just wanted to see something that I could go into the event, um, do my matches, not have too many issues in terms of like with, you know, the actual webcam setup. And I think it was I saw Eddie St. Hilaire's list for one of the events where he took, where it was just like a bunch of mono green commons and the only big card being the Sound Kamehameha and the Bardock Ape Secret Rare. And like it just felt like a good fit for a webcam best of one event. And that's how it all started. Now, let me ask you this. So you went from Janemba to Reboot Gohan. <laughs> yeah. Now, Obviously, Reboot Gohan's a great best-of-one deck to run, but you also won a best-of-three webcam event. Did you change anything approaching that tournament than you would the other best-of-ones? Um, definitely. And actually, in all three of the events, I kept making changes to the deck just to, like, whatever I was going to most expect to face. Um, the first one, it was just a very... Like simple list, just a bunch of double striker peewees. 
And going to the second one, the finals event, I did realize that, you know, Vajax was also like a semi-big presence in these events. And a big thing that they would like hinder my early aggression was like just milling the trunk blocker. And originally the list didn't run anything that could really efficiently deal with it. And that's when I started testing out like a bunch of green cards until ultimately I came into with like a extra card from Draftbox 5 called like Hard Arrow Love. Right. It's like on your turn, you activate it for one green, you get 10k for the battle, and during your turn, you can pop two battle cards with um, three or less um, costs. Big value. Yeah, so like it just felt something that like if I put two copies of it in the main deck then and then switch a little bit to like increase my self awakeners, it would make the deck a lot more consistent in terms of like being able to do that turn two kill and then, you know, since it was the best of three, like my sideboard kind of like I went back and forth on my sideboard until I ultimately went to something that was a bit more fluid. So it was just like a bunch of like super low cost um energy cards and stuff that like by themselves um had big impact so things like just either hard sparking negates um the green unison negate um what's it called again uh dormant or? yeah dormant potential you know that 40 dollar card right now. yeah but not a big deal right <laughs> yeah, it's not like a better defining card yeah very, very oh. forgettable um <laughs> But yeah, and then, you know, extra hard arrow gloves in the side and the two-drop Mechikabura because um, there's a lot of blue decks that just have, like, a bunch of negates. So, like, yeah, a lot of times they like to run Obuni. So it was more of a, like, if I knew that they could, like, consistently stall out the game, I didn't want them to go to their turn four and just, like, slash my hand in half with a Obuni. So if I know I can't go for game, tap two and call out the four drop Obuni and I know they can't really present a lot more pressure apart from that. So it's just a lot of like singular cards that like could make the difference. But I mean that event ended up I think I went two oh in all my games except for the final which was a mirror match. Hmm. Pretty respectable I'd say, not too shabby. Now, Reboot Gohan is the exact opposite of Janemba. How do you transition from such an extreme to the other? Um, it was mainly because, like, the thing that I had in between was um, Yellow Brainwash Baby, which acted in a similar fashion, but was more susceptible to counterplays, especially, like, with the introduction of Unison and free counterplays. Um, that's what made me move away from that deck. It was a very, like, turn two aggro where I could kill you off of bringing turn two ape, going into plea, um, over on double strike for free, and just a free peewee that I could play off the leader ability. So it, like, kind of prepped me for that aggro route. Hmm. And Gohan was a similar style, except for, like, the big chunk of the like finishing power was on the leader instead of a chain. So less likely to get counterplayed, obviously. Yeah, and also the fact that like Janemba did help me a lot in terms of like being energy efficient, like trying to find the best way to utilize like whatever energy I have during a given turn 
to just maximize the amount, which is what I really like about like these like super turn two aggro decks, is that you just have to like find whatever answers or whatever cards like provide you provide you the most impact for that one energy and or free plays. Oh, that makes sense. Marco, do you have any questions you'd like to interject? Yeah, I was just going to ask. So you won three tournaments in a row using the aggro leader uh, Reboot Gohan. And this last tournament that just concluded with PPG hosting it, we had a Vajex versus a Reboot Gohan, and Vajex won. But we can see a you know a consistency in terms of aggro decks are taking, basically ruling the meta right now. So going for the next couple of online events, which are you participating in any, or are you just looking forward to participating in the finals of that? Um, I might be looking into participating in core TCGs if I do get the email. Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to do the PPG this past weekend, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Now I would have gone to make it that four. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I got to try to represent Meta Club the best I can. Oh, but yeah, yeah like yeah. I feel aggro is a very good way to go in the best of one format especially like with the options available like reboot mm -hmm. vegex and red broly br so um as mentioning if um so if you're getting the email you're planning on attending the next online event before the finals event just looking at what has been happening consistently while the aggro decks winning the format i'm assuming you're still gonna go reboot gohan but even if not like let's say you're just looking from afar not attending the event how do you expect these control leaders or how do you expect these aggro leaders to you know just basically keep winning so what well, i guess my question would be because i'm all over the place right now is how do you are how are you seeing these next tournaments end? are you still seeing aggro ruling or are you going to see a change in control decks adapting and hopefully they can win out the tournament um that's actually the biggest thing like it's really on the control deck because what I've seen a lot, like, from these events, the people's reactions, is a lot of, like, dislike for these type of aggro decks. Mm -hmm. When, like, most of the games that I play, like, a lot of people don't want to adjust their decks or learn, like, the most optimal way to, like, play these early turns. Mm -hmm. Because in my mind, like, I look at every deck in the format... And I try to see, like, what could they do to prevent me from accomplishing, like, my turn two kill. And uh, there is, like, a lot of options, for, especially for the control deck. But they just, like, instead they just choose to, like, go with their regular route and just accept the loss. When in reality, like, there is a lot that could be done to, like, um, deal with the deck and deal with, deal, deal with it to the point... Where you put it on the Gohan player that they have to have a perfect hand and able to do a turn two kill rather than just giving it to them. And so it just depends on like hopefully... Because blue decks, like they really are really strong right now and they can compete with these aggro decks. It's just a matter of adapting to the play style instead of just accepting that, oh, these aggro decks are unfair. Mm -hmm. um, just learning how to outplay them more. Even with like even with two and like one or two energies, they're like just like subtle plays that you can do, which like force your opponent who plays aggro to like literally have every specific card that they need, or else they can't go off. 
So I can understand where you're coming from because as you're analyzing what other decks are capable of, you're looking for ways that your deck can counter what their counter would be. So I, I can completely understand where you're coming from. And that's how you came up to uh, Love Seeking Arrow because, you know, you're seeing how the meta's evolving, you're evolving with it. So going into these, you know, the finals event especially, uh, seeing how strong Reboot Gohan, you know, I have no idea how Reboot Gohan will ever phase out of the meta because, you know, it's on the leader. If you don't find your answer in the first two turns, normally you can kill by turn two. But going towards the finals event, you know, are you looking to using Reboot Gohan again? Are you expecting the same results? Or, like, you know, what are you expecting in the finals? Like, a lot more control decks, a lot more Bejects, maybe a lot of Red Brolies. You know, what are you expecting? Um, the finals are going to be very interesting because it's going to be after the introduction of Dropbox 6. Mm -hmm. um, it personally depends on, like, how relevant certain decks that are getting boosted by the Dropbox come up. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Skillless, mm -hmm. Gohan, for example. It's a deck that can put a lot of cheap pressure on you mm -hmm. to the point where you can't use your, like, weenie self-awakener because you've already had to take so much damage from two vanilla 10Ks, and it's either you drop your hand, or you take the damage, and you can only have so many swings with your self-awakeners. And so you can't really put that pressure on to like be able to knock them down from six to three to zero with your leader. So it makes it kind of like an awkward position. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely gonna take a look at the deck, see what else I can change, because that's ultimately what I've always been doing with the deck since the first event I won with it. It's just like, whatever I can answer, um, any deck that's in the meta, like, I'll try to find that answer. I think the best example is like Red Broly BR, with what I did. Um, that deck can spam out two blockers, it can push you to like, one or two life turn two if they go first. So I had to find the most optimal way to play with against it, which I did and love arrow was a huge thing but i felt like i needed to have it at more so i can have it as a consistent answer rather than like a one or two of which i which you know it kind of off makes the deck a little bit harder to run because then you have more extra cards so you can't get rid of your hand as much when you're shotgunning which is why i took out all the like one drop draw cards all the cantrips to Put in Android 18, the blue card that when you combo it, pitch an extra card and gain six more K combo power. Like it made all the difference. I think almost every game I played, I had zero cards in hand whenever I shotgunned because of that card. Smart. So I do want to tie something in here. Uh, obviously, preparation for the meta and evolving, ever evolving meta is key for your deck, making these slight tweaks here and there. Who are you testing with? Uh, I like to test with my team on occasion. You know, we'll get on like untap at like two in the morning, start playing like a handful of games, and you know, just like I'll like I'll express to them like, what do you think about this? Like, do you think this is a good answer? We play a couple games, we see that it's, like a really good card, and we go with it. There's other stuff that I did test out a lot that I just it didn't work at all. Like trying to incorporate like the Demigra Unison in order to play Dormant and free the Charismatic Villain for free to like try to deal with like my opponent's cards. Obviously it didn't work, I didn't like it, and I cut it. 
So it's a lot of that and just a lot of like honestly sitting down, going on Shenron Player and reading every Garian card like that's on that play on that website and honestly going through every other color, seeing what free <laughs> plays, what combo effects, anything that I could like utilize. Like I just sat there like for a good hour just like reading cards trying to see anything that can synergize anything that can free play anything that can combo just to like make the deck better so is it safe to say you know how to beat Ribu Gohan yes um, (laughs) yeah I've studied the mirror a lot because I know that's something that can be very difficult especially if you don't know how to go about it you might go like with the same mentality as every other matchup with it not the way to go um, so after looking at it, like, I win most of my, um, mirror matches. That finals event, though, like, it was a really hard matchup just because the opponent that was playing him playing Reboot, he is another well-known Reboot Gohan player, Michael Cooper. Yeah. And so I know that he knew how to play that matchup as well. So it was just like, a, I had, I could not make a single mistake or it would have been capitalized on. Coop's one of the nicest players, by the way. Very in the whole much. I, after the game, we like were watching the stream for the game on table two, and you know we talked a lot. We've still been talking a bit, and you know like he's just a really cool guy as well. He actually came to my virtual baby shower. Oh. <laughs> so like I have personal relationships with Michael Cooper. Great guy. Uh, so going back to your deck, obviously training, practicing, prepping, reading, it takes a lot of work to be consistently competitive. Uh, Houston being very competitive in nature, uh, having one of the better teams in Houston, the second best in my opinion with Meta Club. Uh, Houston in general just uh, has a very good edge uh, as far as competing, and I think we're underrated when it comes to DBS hubs. I think- 100% agree. Anytime, like, after my, all of my events... Um, whenever I make my post, I throw that in there. You know, Houston, like, we have players. We are competitive, and it's not just an East versus West debate. You got to include the South. It's disrespectful. Like, I always say, it's, it's not just East and West. The South can take both of them. You got to take Florida out because they're East Coast. Yeah, take, take Florida out. They're but traitors. I do want to <laughs> point this out a little bit uh, for... Um, uh, just for the tops and everything else like that, because um, it all it all started uh, in my opinion like we we started making real traction with uh, just because of how unique uh, Ernest was with Bumble and stuff like that when he got his uh, win with, at Gen Con mm-hmm. and then it started when uh, Team Meta Club started um, just uh, you know topping all these events you know you had yours uh, your first one then you had your second one and then Milton hit top sixteen and then you had your representation for the third one and now Milton's doing another one again and then it's just showing all that. That Houston, that we we're here to uh, show that we, that we we dominate when it comes to Texas, and we dominate the South when it comes to having some of the best players. Uh, is that like is that is that kind of like a mentality you also keep in the back of your mind as well? Very much. I want to be able to represent Houston, the South, and Texas. I want to show that you know we like as a region are very competitive. I try to show it by my competitiveness. But you know, I also try to make a good example by not being like. Um, like a bad example to the community when it comes to interacting with people I try to help them out um, any criticism that I get because of like say the deck that I'm running like I'll take it in stride like people may agree with it they may not 
but at the end of the day, it's a legal deck, and I'll play it if I feel it's the <laughs> correct medical. And with yellow not being in the format, it is one of the best medicals you can make right now. That's fair. That's fair. Hashtag bring regionals to Houston. Yeah, hashtag uh, where's our where's our regional end? <laughs> Duck Fallis. Time driving four hours to Dallas. Bring, <laughs> bring it to Houston, guys. Come on. Not we even need the drive it. there, but the drive back as well. That's it. The drive back's there, especially when you bubble out. And we got some good food here, man. Tech, oh, Houston, absolutely. Texas Houston barbecue. And oh. bar none. Anybody, anybody come out here and give us the regionals. I'll take you to some of the best food trucks I've ever done. Oh, yeah. Oh, the food trucks are uh, the hidden gems. So it's just a quick question. It's just looking how powerful some of these aggro decks, because we know Vajex is probably going to be one of the best mill yeah, decks in the game because they mill five versus three. Then on Awakening, you mill another five. <laughs> Hashtag broken. But And also just seeing how strong Reboot is. He's been here for a couple of sets now. What, like, what do you guys think has to happen or what has to be you know, revealed for these decks to kind of fall off the meta like how all the other past decks have fell off the meta. Uh, meta. The band hammer. I think me and Ali can speak on this because I brought it, I brought it up last episode. Um, when it comes to Vegex and uh, Reboot Gohan, because I did mention uh, Reboot Gohan too, uh, I think both of these decks are going to be just like uh, in, in Yu-Gi-Oh words, it could be the old man decks. They're going to be the decks that stick around the meta for a very long time and will all will have their chance to, to top here and they're like, we may go to set 15 and then reboot Gohan and Vegix. You'll see somebody top eights with both of those decks because of the fact that they're they're still very good because of they they don't have problems that other decks do. When it comes to the aggro deck, it's all in the leader. And you can't out the leader with uh, with negging or popping during the battle phase. And you don't have to draw into your leader. Yeah, you don't have to draw there. That's a very good point. You, you, you have to pull your leader out of your packs, man. Last time I checked, they're commons now. They start doing that rare stuff. But um, yeah, you can't you can't um, grade eight Bardock the leader out the way. You can't sit there and uh, after image technically you after image yourself, but you can't influence that leader. And then you're just having this monster. And then with Vegex, like uh, Marker brought up, you're milling five every turn. You're basically and then you reset your deck, which is uh, that deck's biggest uh, plus versus when you look at SS four Goku. The leader just came out. You may have double strike on the back, but if you mill out, you lose. So. And then, uh, what, what do you think about that, though? You're uh, thinking that, uh, how long do you think the, the lifespan for Boot Gohan's be? Because I think that they'll last for a very long time. Um, in general, I think, like, it's going to be a viable deck until it gets banned, or until, like, big changes go into, like, the, like, we need one drop that enable it to, like, awaken turn two. Um, it's honestly just a thing about medicals. Like, there certain aggro decks, like, they play one way, and they don't all lose to the same thing. Um, while, like, say, Reboot hard loses to yellow, or can hard lose to yellow, and definitely can hard lose to, like, a deck um, like Blue Baby, because mm-hmm. it can just negate, untap, negate, untap, yeah. which, you know, we're going to put that new Dropbox one-drop green card. Right. <laughs> like, negate, you're going to untap, burn alive. Yeah. Especially, uh, I, I actually do a test to yellow uh, for Vegix, because um, we did that stream match with, uh, with, uh, with me and Leo. Um, a lot of people sleep on yellow as the, uh, and, like, a lot of people need to blue to be in that, you know, the aggro stomper and stuff like that because of all their pillow forming. Yellow has an insane amount of battle tricks in the battle phase, which throws off an aggro deck way more. Because whenever you're playing against a blue deck, you see the D-Magics, you see the Gohans now, you see the Vegeta's coming out. You know, those are easy reads, so you can prepare for those. When it comes to yellow, you don't know anything. 
they could have release from evil in their hand and you not know it. They could have Vegeta's final flash and yes. you not know it. All those, the only thing you know is that they run those Zamasu combos and you hope to God they don't have three of them and just tap out your whole your whole battle area and you lose the game right there. Very true, so. very true. Like it's just very diverse in terms of their answers, all of them being during the battle phase where you either don't commit and they can do defend without those answers. Or if you overcommit, then you just get punished by those answers. So you have to like walk that fine line, where they don't want to like, like overextend in terms of like their hand, but they you also don't want them to use up their answers, because then they might be able to have either another answer or they might not have enough answers. So it puts them in a tricky position. It's a very fine line that they have to like walk. Do you guys have any thoughts about um, some of the more hidden gems to stop these kind of stuff? Yeah, there's actually a card that came out a while, not a while back. I think it was Draftbox 5, and I think it's a counterplay Gohan or oh. counter negate. If I remember correctly, I believe the effect says, like, play this card and you don't take, I believe, double, triple, and maybe even quad strike for the turn. Draftbox. So, Five. Drop by five, right? Black. He's a yeah. black card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think in a best of three, like, if I would have went into that best of three webcam event, that's definitely a card I would have cited, you know, probably meant Ollie in the finals and it's just taking a free time. Oh, wait, that card's a uh, three cost. We take those. <laughs> you ain't paid a turn three. I don't know about all He up. said that at the locals, too. Ask him about that. I don't know. Because <laughs> that, that card came out with the, the Jiren card. It did. I, I was like I was so adamant about this Jiren card I bought like uh, six of them because I was like I I need a play set of three for myself mm-hmm. because I like running three in the side and I was like this is how you beat Gogeta and then next week gets banned next week <laughs> Gogeta banned I was like I don't know why they printed the silver bullet and then banned Gogeta just bought a, I bought all these cards for no reason yeah, about the, that, that thing is a three drop for real yeah yeah it's a three drop for real that's a nag I'd be dead by that <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we always look combo. at the answer to our yeah. decks as well never use mind it, use it as a 5k combo <laughs> not even worth it dude nah, I was thinking I thought it was a two drop because the, the problem with Gohan it just kills cons- at least Ollie's deck because you know we play tested and especially during our time helping Milton play test the, the deck is just so consistent on awakening turn two and going for the kill, regardless if it goes first or second. It, it's it's a ridiculous deck. Ali, as playing Reboot Gohan, is there any other leader you'd like to reboot, though? Oh, my God. I reboot Janemba? <laughs> you know. You know he, he wants to surge Janemba. He wants to surge leader Janemba. He wants, he wants, he wants <laughs> the effect to be like, negate your leader's permits. So that way, so that way oh, oh, that would be godly. But I would really love... Because that was like the deck that I would constantly run like when I first started playing. Um, Androids. Androids oh, yeah, 17, that's 18. That's probably that. coming. People people always I say that. And I, I, I really hope so. But if I get let down, I'm going to be so upset. Because uh, what, what set is it? It's the, the what I call it the reprint set. Because it's just all reprints of mm-hmm. the erotic cards. Yeah. And so it's on the cover. It's on the cover. It's on the cover. And there's no reason for it to be on the cover. So it's just like, it, it, it's a, that leader was really good. I played that before I picked up. Because when I played set one, set one, set two. I picked up that leader before I picked up a cell, so I could do the cell chain. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Always trying to find the TN. Uh, the TN and Kale. I think the reboot thing was a phenomenal idea. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to do it again because they did have another survey. And I think at this point we are pretty close to maybe set 12. If not set 12, 
either that expansion or I don't know if there's an expansion box but I think it's called the evolution box it's coming yeah. out in March mm-hmm. maybe in that set we'll get reboot leader but I, I think we'll get another wave of reboots very soon I think what was it set 12 they're also introducing the mechanic rejuvenate which I'm also mad about because just to revive oh that was announced yeah remember uh, oh you're correct you're correct yeah, set 12 set 12 they, uh, they, they didn't announce it but it, they said they, they said it uh, as a spoiler you know like the little spoiler text and stuff like that yeah we're doing a new uh, the, the new uh, shadow dragons uh, was it no uh, Noivo Rage and uh, I think another Sin mm-hmm. uh, they're doing Rejuvenation mm-hmm. and I was like Rejuvenation better not be anything like Revive because if you guys just put Revive on another card I'm going to be upset yeah well, that that I'll be a big letdown. I think I think one of the things that I'm kind of disappointed in terms of like support is the way Bandai approached or is continuing on Aegis or Aegis. Aegis, oh, yeah, Aegis. Oh. You know, that, I thought that was a really cool concept, but it, it just didn't get the push that I think. It's just a rival was just too strong. It, it's just the fact that a rival had a board presence and like. I feel like if Arrival cards also had Aegis, um, maybe that would have been a little too broken. I don't know. It's just like, I, I just kind of wish they would have pushed Aegis a bit further. Like, we can also see, like, they're, they're doing a little bit of support for Revival. Not support, but they introduced a new Revival card in their Herudigarn chain. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty neat to see. But you can also see how Alliance and Revivals are, like, kind of getting phased out. But yeah. forever, you know, Arrival is always going to be a good option. So, if they do introduce Rejuvenation, I, I just hope it's something that is not entirely broken, but that can stick to the game mm-hmm. consistently and be, like, you know, a good option. I think for the, uh, uh, I'm sorry about that, but for Aegis and uh, Alliance, because I played both of those mm-hmm. uh, when I played Surge Coup, and I played Surge Broly, when I played Search Who, I was t- playtesting because I used because uh, when Search Who was uh, super big in the meta, I was playtesting between uh, Frost Deadly Poison and that Draft Box Five card, the Destruction, uh, the God and Destruction Angel Rare, the five drop that uh, played itself for three, mm-hmm. that um, Cold Bloodlust right. has Aegis, and then you draw cards with your Aegis, and it was a uh, uh, yes, it yes. was the closest I think Aegis was close enough right there to getting to where it needs to be to be a good card because the resetting for your cards is really important because you're losing cards in your Aegis mm-hmm. which is an unfortunate effect and then with Alliance you had the Liquor Chain the Liquor is probably one of the best Alliance cards in my opinion mm-hmm. besides the SS3 uh, Sun Gohan uh, Tournament Pack winner mm-hmm. that Alliance card that one and Liquor are just some of the best Alliance cards to exist because Liquor outperformed it playing itself for three bringing out the Gogeta Drawing two cards, negging two cards, just being this massive crit that's hitting your opponent. Your opponent's gonna have to sit there and take that because they're not gonna have combo but this fifty k critter. Max and if they you. do, you don't lose anything. Mm-hmm. So going into the ages, anniversary box had well, a Bojack. I was just about to mention that with oh, a yeah. rival <laughs> Aegis draw a card. Mm-hmm. So that was the answer to your question. Oh, that is true. It does have a rival. See that? I, I'll tell you right now. If Aegis ever become like a meta type thing, get your Bojacks while they're still cheap. Boil them out, boys. Yeah, because that that card is actually great. So exactly what you're talking about. I completely forgot that Bojack had a rival. So that's a perfect example. It has a rival. You set it up turn one. It replaces itself when you do ages and you gain. So it's kind of like a different version of Soul Striker if you look at it. You use your two energies. You pass turn. It has barrier. As long as it sticks to the board, you just pitch a card. It replaces itself and you get two energies back defensively. That's a perfect ages card. And mm-hmm. then, uh, what was it? This is that, that card is like what, what you're saying about getting your copies or anything like that. 
with uh, go tanks. All those go tanks are not expensive. The foil ones they finally started shooting. They're finally starting to shoot up in price mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Well, they just mass printed anniversary boxes, so I don't ever think those cards will ever be very expensive. Which is yeah. good. They, they keep that trend up. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, because uh, we saw World Martial Arts get flooded, and that wasn't oh, very good for the game. Well, World Martial Arts was a very unique set, just for the simple fact that it, there's three copies of a secret in a case. Yeah. I think the word unique is just uh, a unique word for that set was alright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that set was alright. The best thing that came out of it was World Martial Arts, the uh, the, the special trade. That right. was a really good one. And they haven't That's done anything for it since. Hey, actually, we're talking about Reboot. Reboot Announcer. Oof. We might, we might World Martial Art, because Announcer is amazing. Big oof. Listen, I never played that leader, Paul, and I disagree. I think Announcer was a very good, unique leader, and it had a very interesting and unique engine. A reboot for that leader, I would not I would not go against it at all. If someone's almost going to be like, though, but it's already good, you didn't reboot it. I don't care. Yeah, no, reboot it. Like, let me draw two and attack or something. I, I need some next level stuff. Because <laughs> World Martial Arts right now is not getting any support, um, especially with a lot of the cards that look like they're from the World Martial Arts tournament, and they don't have that keyword. Well, actually, an interesting thing is that TN leader that got um, introduced, or Oh, the he has a world martial arts. No, no, he's green. He's green. Oh, he's green, green, green. Yeah, he he has a world martial arts tag, so that can kind of give you a little bit hope that whatever say he comes out, which is going to be that evolution thing, I think there's going to be some um, form of world martial arts supported there. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I will say, I'm still before I leave this game, I'm going to be here until they introduce another color. I'm still waiting for that next color. What color you want? Orange. I want purple. I really purple. Do want purple. Speaking I feel like that's a unique color. I mean, if you if you put orange in, it's like is this orange or red? But like if purple comes in, I feel like the whole rejuvenation thing when people first heard it, they're thinking it was like, "Okay, I can get life back." So like I feel that purple can be that color. I guess just going with Piccolo. I guess, you know, maybe something like that. Yeah, like that can be like Namekian's thing, and that can be like their, like, you know, real life or some type of keyword effect where you gain like two life, but crit one at the end of turn. I don't know. You know, it's just something, it's just something like that. But I definitely would like purple as the next color. I would like to also see uh, purple or white. Purple or white, actually. Mm -hmm. I think if we do white, then we're getting too close to magic at this point. But, um,. I would like to. Uh, I would like to see uh, for leader for anything to come back wise, surge. I want to see more surgers. I understand we had it. What was it? Set nine when surge leader was surge was first introduced. Uh, I believe so, yeah, because uh, set ten was the introduction of the uh, new mono strategy. I think it was in between eight and nine actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I do remember that. I fell in love with surge leaders, especially surge coup. Yeah. As a big surge coup player, I loved it. And if those are just because it was super meta, it's because of the fact that everything about it, that card was legitimately amazing. Yeah. The fact that it await that you get all your stuff at five, uh, it's got one of the best color combinations to exist because red and yellow really complement each other like extremely well. Much like much like blue and green, red and yellow are pretty much the the best uh, combo color combinations to exist. Um, you've got um, just uh, you've got a sand who's also God. So there's a lot of good cards that can work off of that as well. You could play it in any ways too. You can play uh, Red Yellow GT. You could play because um, also uh, Surge Coup and Surge Piccolo was the in- first ever introduction that we had to really powerful tricolor decks. Mm-hmm. So I just want to see Surge come back. I definitely would like to see like a push for Surge leaders again. I feel like that concept was just. I, I think that was an amazing concept. Now. It may have been too powerful, and the reason for that is all the cards that require your leader to be a certain color 
While Search Crew was yellow and red, it was able to utilize both of those playing fields. So if you had a yellow leader, you weren't allowed to use, you know, if your leader is red. If you had a red leader, you weren't able to use, you know, if your leader is yellow. But Search Crew had that capability, and it's the same thing for uh, Search Piccolo. Like, imagine Search Piccolo was still meta right now and had, you know, access to dormant potential. Like, those require monocolor leaders. Oh, the yeah. leader? Okay. The they learn from their mistakes. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. See, they now they're learning. They learn real <laughs> but, You know, but just imagine that, like, the potential of that. If it didn't have that, you know, strict tag, but it's just, you know, I, I just would like for them to push surge leaders again. I just think that's a great concept. I think surge leaders was phenomenal. It's just, you know, maybe the time they came in, they were too, they were too far ahead of the next level. And that's why they had to errata them, you know, kind of like come out with mono color cards like your leader needs to be mono color and so forth yeah bring them down a little bit to the level that they were at bring me back the og draft box leaders that were different because <laughs> yeah. they were good oh, instead of these I, generics I, I, I like that just for the different options hey, tune into our first podcast for that one because i made a huge rant about that, that was, <laughs> I, whoever, whoever decided it'd be a good idea to do all the same ones uh Please stop thinking for a little bit. <laughs> you have to buy all the boxes to get all the leaders, though. Yeah, exactly. All, all I'm saying is, if you're in draft format, More value. four leaders, four different leaders in one, because because uh, you know, just go away. Just, just stop with this. Crap. I, I agree with the box. It should be. It can be four different leaders in the, like you know, in the set. But it, it has to be four copies for draft, you know, format and yeah. so forth. But one thing that I'm not liking is they're basically at the last three draft boxes. They're basically meaning the same leaders, just like in different wording. You know, all four color. It makes sense because you know draft purposes and this is what you're expecting. But I, I would definitely like a little bit more unique style of these future draft leaders if they continue it. I think the the biggest thing the, the I, I agree with you, except for this last one. This one's very unique. It's the worst. It's the, <laughs> literally the worst one ever. Well, it gets a draw on the front side, so... It doesn't have crit. No, no the crit... It, it doesn't get the 5k if your opponent's leader's awakened. Yeah. So, it, it's the worst one. <laughs> that's fair. Not too much already. Yeah. But, um, I think that's, um... I think that's about it for us. Yes, it was a good podcast. I appreciate everybody coming out here. Thanks again to Evan U7 and Allie from Meta Club. Uh, Mar- Marco, thank you for having some time today to come out here as well. No, absolutely. Once again, I apologize for not being here last time, and I will be here for the next podcast as well. I truly enjoyed this one. This was a great podcast. Um, any last-minute shout-outs to you guys before I give a shout-out to my sponsor? Uh, well, my shout out to Sightext. Uh, shout out to Angleton for being amazing. Shout out to all the locals here, but definitely Sightext. Sightext has been there. Uh, Mr. Brian, he's been here, you know, helping me with a lot of things I needed to do, especially for the online TOP tournaments. But shout out to all the teams. You know, they're all respectable, wonderful people. It's just competing to be the best and known players. You know, out here in Houston and you know in our country, state, and everything. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Salt Boys. You know, I'm gonna sit on the higher chair. They're Ooh. wonderful people. <laughs> you know, better. medical is better. Let them know, Ali. Uh, the, the record shows, Ali. Ali, I just need to put Ali in a pedestal and it shows. <laughs> but no, shout out to everybody, Salt Boys. You know, Team uh, Rays and Lethal. Everybody, man, wonderful. I do want to give a big shout out. Uh, shout out to uh, Galaxy Gaming for sponsoring Team Lethal out here. Shout out to Omar, especially. You know. He definitely, uh, I don't want to say it's because of him that we're here, you know, because you had the uh, idea, but it was because of him letting us have the outlet of doing the uh, stream for Sage and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, Jonathan was able to, you know, revitalize the idea 
And then, you know, we were able to finally uh, on top of that idea. And you know, here we are now for it. So definitely shout out to them. Uh, shout out to all the other teams like that. Shout out to Team Medic Club, you know, bringing the massive representation to Houston over here. Shout out to Salt Boys, you know, always putting the TOPs up there. You know, giving uh, the big limelight back to the Houston uh, local community, especially uh, for excited for season two and all. So shout out to everybody who's been doing that, and shout out to all the other teams. You know, they're still out there, and they're still making their big impact, and they're still showing that the Houston community is still at large. I couldn't have said it better myself, boys. Houston is a great community for Dragon Ball, and just in general, uh, we very rarely have somebody who just doesn't get along with anybody. Everybody's always trying to help out. Uh, everybody's about the same age, give or take. I, I've maybe seen one or two people under the age of 18 play this card game. Uh, so that brings some maturity and some real-world experience. Shout-out to all the stores. Uh, COVID's tough for everybody, and yet we're still out here trying to get things going. Uh, 50% capacity, 75% capacity. It's tough to get people in the store, but they're still staying afloat, helping the community build, and we're trying to help build them back up too. So that's what T.O.P. was all about. Season 2 is more of the same. Uh, special shout out to Lotus Gaming Shop. That's going to be the Salt Boys home. We are just introducing Dragon Ball. They just opened last week, actually. They're going to be sponsoring the Salt Boys. They're sponsoring this podcast. So if any of the stores want to sponsor the podcast, get at me or Marco or Ryan and let us know. We're going to get you guys involved with this. We want to make Houston just grow together all at once. And we want to uplift everybody. But Lotus Gaming Shop, we're doing tournaments on Thursdays, streaming and everything. Sage is doing it on Wednesdays, every other Wednesday. Uh, Cytex does their tournaments. Well, they're in a bit of a pickle right now because of COVID, but any future information I will share. And again, that TOP is helping out those stores that can't get there. So Lotus is for the community, by the community. It's home. When you get there, you feel like you're home. So if you're in the Houston area, come give us a shout out. Come come out and support. Um, and until then, we'll see you on the next episode.